This is Hot Tech with Jan Vermeulen. Well, there you go. Uh, it's time to chat to Jan Vermeulen, who is uh, also kind of a unicorn because he knows all about the tech stuff and the things that are mythical in the tech world. Jan, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Man, I wish I was the kind of unicorn uh, company that, that uh, become uh, billion-dollar companies. That would be a much cooler unicorn. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'll take that. I, I, I hear it as well. We all have our own kind of unicorns, Jan. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I think... I think probably, and the only other thing that's more rare than either kind of unicorn is people who weren't sharing their Netflix part with. Uh, but uh, once Netflix uh, cramped, clamped down Isn't on that, that uh, things have changed. What's been going on there? Yeah, yeah. So this is an interesting one. So uh, we've, we've been discussing the Netflix uh, boss chain crackdown um, over the last couple of months. Actually, Netflix has been leading up to this. And I've been, I've been quite, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, uh, like... Um, uh, I've, I've, uh, like, uh, where other people are quite negative about the whole change, um, you know, I've been, um, ask, I've been asking people for, 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 I guess, what, you, what one might call calm or, um, or, or um, uh, a measured perspective uh, with respect to the, the Netflix password crackdown. And, you know, viewing it in the context of, you know, what multi-choice is doing with DSTV. But, but um, uh, all that uh, aside, the important bit here is that what's interesting is despite all the groundwork that Netflix has laid, um, you know, making it easy for people to migrate their accounts out, introducing a, a physical product to make it possible for people to still share accounts, but cheaply, as in um, what I mean by cheaply is it's cheaper than buying a whole separate account. So, for example, as you say, who doesn't share their Netflix password, right? So my mom is on my account. And it makes it simple for me. It means that I don't have to pay for a whole separate account for her to use um, with a whole separate set of uh, login credentials and things to manage. It's all in one place. Now, with what Netflix is going to introduce, I'll be able to add my mom as sort of a sub-account to my account. I pay a l- uh, like a little bit extra. Let's call it you know 50 Rand a month or whatever it's going to cost. Um, and then she gets her whole own password and whole own section in the, in the app and everything. And if she ever wants to migrate out, she can. Um, and despite all of that groundwork that Netflix has laid, they lost a million subscribers in Spain. A million people that just rather than saying, um, uh, okay, cool, let's migrate out or, you know, get sub accounts or whatever, a million people just canceled, which is, which is a pretty hectic negative response to Netflix's password sharing crackdown. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I have seen, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it did seem to affect uh, Netflix's profitability. The rollout in different places has meant extra revenue. So, um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that, but is it a bit about swings and roundabouts when it comes to this issue? Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, look, obviously one mustn't put too much stock in a knee-jerk reaction. So, you know, consumers might be angry at first and cancel. But look, canceling a subscription service is bad because um, there's a lot of friction to, to signing up and canceling services like these but you know if you're like uh in, in the in the bigger scheme of things if your content's good enough and uh, and people really want to watch what's on netflix they'll they'll resubscribe in time when when they're less angry and then as you say all that extra revenue that comes with people who now need either separate accounts or sub accounts or you know some other mechanism um, because they can't just share their password anymore, that's uh, that, that's going to I mean a whole lot of extra money to Netflix's bottom line, which is which is what this whole thing was about. Is uh, you know Netflix I think is starting to hit the cap 
of um, of of uh, its user bases in some of these countries, um, especially the ones where it's rolling out first. And so it needs to start finding ways to generate revenue uh, in other ways. And one of those ways is how do we monetize the people who are watching Netflix but not paying for it? There's a, it's kind of like a logical place to start before you start looking at things like hiking prices and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Now, we got a strongly worded, uh, very stern letter from the Joburg Road Agency saying, stop defacing our potholes. Uh, what's going on there? Yeah. yeah, this was such a um, such a slap in the face, I think, to folks. Now, I understand where they're coming from, and you know that there are dangers associated with it. But you know, um, a, a part of part of me as a as a as a taxpayer um, and as a as a motorist, you know, listen to the Joburg Roads Agency saying it is unlawful for people to take repairing potholes into their own hands and going, you know, rather rather meet people halfway. Go, we see, you know, that you're doing this, that perhaps we are not moving as fast as we could be. We apologize for that. We're really trying our best. But if you're going to do this, here's some standards that you need to abide by. Otherwise, um, you know, you might cause damage to the next car that drives through there and you could be liable for it. You know, instead of um, like, a, oh, you will be breaking the law. Who's going to prosecute people who fix potholes? <laughs> um, like, it's just, um, I think what they are, you know, warning people about is that you could be liable for someone's damage if you repair a pothole poorly, because now all of a sudden you take on that liability in your private capacity rather than, than the Joburg Roads Agency or the municipality itself. Um, and so there, there's, there's some value in the warning, but I think it's the way in which it's delivered, which is which is difficult, obviously, because they're speaking off the cuff to a journalist. It was an interview, um, not a not a prepared statement. So uh, one must take that into account. Um, but uh, it's it's something that they really should look at. Is um, and and perhaps from the, the um, you know our government agencies need to remember that um, although we are compelled by law to pay them through our taxes, we are still their customers. Yeah, and they wouldn't have a problem with people repairing potholes if they just repaired them. Um, yeah. Our last story for today, uh, I don't know about you, Jan, but I always get that little message that says, please upgrade to Windows 11. And I'm like, no, no, never, later, <laughs> no, leave me alone. Uh, and it looks like Microsoft is sending us a strongly worded letter to say that I can't do that anymore. Yeah, so the, the end of Windows 10 is nigh. So I've, I've actually already upgraded to Windows 11. And it's really just Windows 10 with uh, a few things in different places. Um, and, um, you know, generally, I would say better, a slightly better experience. Um, not markedly, but, but slightly better for me anyway. Um, and yeah, the bottom line is that, um, uh, Microsoft has announced that they've released a last feature update for Windows 10. That is the, the, the one that they released in the second half of 2022. Um, that is the last um, update Windows 10 is ever going to get, um, and the last and it's and they Microsoft also warned that the last security up, upgrades or ra rather last security fixes that Windows 10 is going to get is going to be in 2024, and that people should start planning their migrations to Windows 11 because Windows 10 is is um, just you know hop skip and a jump away from. Um, end of life. So uh, giving people early warning, well, early-ish warning, you know, um, obviously as well, Microsoft has, has made it no secret when Windows 10's end of life is going to be. It's been announced from pretty much the beginning, um, and it's going to be, I think it's October-ish 2024. And so if you're still running Windows 10, start making, start scheduling your upgrade, uh, set aside an afternoon or whatever to 
to, to, to just get it done. Jan Vermeulen there, bringing us to the end of the show. Thank you to the whole team who puts it together, Senna and Craig, and your newsreader, Fermida, who is going to be up next at 6 o'clock. Have a great evening.